You know what we are. We are Squawking Dead. It's been more than a month since our last podcast, and we're our eighth and final week of giveaways. This week, we're giving away the opportunity to get shoutouts from two cast members. The list of cast members can be found on squawkingdead.com, and you can enter straight from the website. I wish you guys the best of luck. We've got a few entries. Some of you dragging your feet. You guys wait until the last 24 hours for me to post that um, final giveaway video. But either way, do it. You won't regret it. It's going to cost me a lot of money, so, uh, you know, somebody's going to be lucky. Hopefully, uh, some of the people that have been contacting me to help. This week is going to be an interesting one, just in respect with um, the news. I don't have much for you, but uh, hopefully we can get a rolling dialogue going and see what shakes loose. Yeah, a funny thing about the, the giveaways is that uh, my last name is Cameo, and I was trying to find out whether or not that domain name was taken. And so, um, lo and behold, uh, it's like a site where a whole bunch of talents can actually sign up and... Um, they can uh, give you like little shout outs or you can gift them to other people. Funny enough, I was at a bachelor party uh, less than a month ago and I think uh, one of the bachelor party friends signed up for a football player to actually help out and um, send uh, the bachelor Josh a shout out in this like compilation video. And it was kind of cool, uh, the little cameo logo on the bottom. Okay, so business checked off. Now for the pleasure. So. Uh, I've got a couple articles that I'm not going to read because that's freaking boring. But um, just wanted to clue you guys into some news that you guys may may have missed. I know I did over the course of uh, a month and a few days, and um, and uh, wanted to see what your guys's take—not the honest take, but your take was on it. What I'm going to be doing with the Instagram video is I'm going to be um, I'm going to let that go for the hour, and at a certain point, it's going to stop. Uh, when it stops, just head on over to youtube.com slash squawkingdead, one word, or um, facebook.com slash squawkingdead. Uh, you can get there either way. So if it does cut out, just head on over there. You'll just pick up where you left off. You can even chat there. Um, I've got the chat open right now. Nobody's on there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you can do that. It's up to you. Uh, all right. So among the most in-demand series in the world, the top... Two are Stranger Things and The Walking Dead. This is according to Deadline, your most trusted entertainment news, according to my friend Matt, who uh, is currently out of work, but is in the biz. Um, And actually, if you guys want to chat with me, you might want to go there now to Facebook and YouTube. But um, the the first annual Global TV Demand Awards announces TWD and Stranger Things, the most in-demand series in the world in 2018. I'm so rusty. Um... Josh McDermott, Pollyanna McIntosh, and Denise Huth, uh, producer, uh, accepted the award. Um, Parrot Analytics is the company that um, did the data analytics on the global show phenomena that is The Walking Dead. And uh, I think that's a pretty big deal. Uh, I mean, it doesn't help, it doesn't hurt that um, Game of Thrones has been out for like um, the past uh, 700 years. So, uh, and I think I've noticed the fact that it, it's never been more prevalent that The Walking Dead it would take that spot because when AMC premiere went live on last Sunday with the um, early early release of um, episode nine for AMC premiere customers, a whole bunch of worldwide audiences were able to get a, get a hold of that actual um, show. Because um, I was seeing international accounts posting like, clips from the uh from the episode like they were i saw some people actually live streaming the episode like the downloaded episode and showing it on their crappy television set okay it wasn't that crappy but like the the camera that they were using was like diagonal and you could see the glare from the lcd television like the cheap 200 dollars 40 inch uh lcd television or something and it was just wonky and it's like why why would you do that to people um, and, uh, I'm really rusty cause I can't handle like three of me on two screens. Um, but, uh, I, I guess cause I'm used to doing it via audio and I'm not used to seeing myself on a screen in three places and laggy too. Um, but yeah, so, uh, it, it's just interesting because 
you'd have like Instagram accounts basically. I mean, you scroll down your feed, you can't avoid it. Oh, you see a video. Well, what is the video? And it's like, oh, it's episode nine. Scroll up. What I've been like going out of my way and doing because I'm just like that kind of person is that I mean, I kindly tell the people like, hey, if you want to post clips from the show, might be a good idea to just put like an image, like an image on the first slide, uh, just saying spoiler and then giving the people the option to slide for the clip. You know, and and it's like it's not that hard if you if you're savvy enough to get like a screen cap of the of the actual show. I mean, it's not that difficult to get to actually put up an image and then just put up another slide with the video clip and stuff like that. So, you know, it's it's not a technical thing. It's kind of like a consideration thing. Um, and I know it sounds like I'm whining, but it, and this is just a personal thing. I don't mind that people put up clips at all. Like, I mean. I mean, on a personal, like, ethical level kind of thing, I kind of, it kind of bothers me, but at the same time, I'm more of like a, I mean, I'm a liberal, like, I tolerate things, so it's kind of like, do what you want, just don't do it in front of people's faces and stuff like that, so, you know, give, you know, try to respect other people, and I'll even respect the fact they don't respect other people, but whatever. But yeah, what do you guys think about The Walking Dead being the most downloaded television show around the world. It's kind of amazing when you think about it. Like, ten years, well, nine years later, nine and a half years later, uh, this show's going on really strong. And people, you know, and it's amazing when you see people online, you know, every time you look at an article on Twitter, let's say, and I don't know why people still use Twitter, but apparently we do, um, you, you see basically... Um, people going, hey, is this show still on? And it's like, you, you're obviously commenting on the article for some reason, so I mean, figure it out. Um, but then when you hear it's like the most globally downloaded television show, you know, outside of Game of Thrones, which hasn't been on for 700 years, it's kind of amazing to see that that level of fandom is still alive. And, and I would even venture, I guess, it's like a very consolidated... I mean, because The Walking Dead, I mean, if there are enough people that are saying, is this show still on? Why is this show still on? It kind of means that like the fandom has like consolidated into this like this like brick this this like dense brick of fandom like this loyalty and so and you see that around the world you see that a lot in South America and Spain basically Spanish speaking countries now that I think about it and um, the Philippines um, and this huge fandom in Turkey I'm finding out too um, but yeah it's 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 everywhere and they're not loud which is kind of nice when you think about it but anyway. So that's that's that for Deadline. Uh, I just think that this is pretty cool. Like this global TV. See, instead of like it being like the Academy Awards, where the judges are like in the United States, and you know, it's not really like a worldwide wide film kind of audience. Um, this is like analytics across the world. This is like a, a global kind of you know what TV is a global phenomenon. Like I'm sure if they did like a like an international music awards, there'd be like a lot of Korean pop stars that would get the awards. So how about that? So just to let everybody know who hasn't heard me speak for the last 15 minutes. Um, yeah, I didn't have my mic on in um, Facebook and YouTube. Very professional. Um, so yeah, so just so a lot of people know, um, Denai Guerrero is kind of a saint. <laughs> she she started a, a like a school called Almasi Arts for Girls. Um, and a fan basically last year, uh, Walker Stalker, I think either 2018 or 2017 had heard about it. And prior to that, she set up a GoFundMe and, um, what she did was, um, they, um, the fandom basically, um, kind of took it and ran and, and now it's kind of like an annual thing for Almasi Arts. But on top of that, she, I mean, she now she does another charity that I just don't remember, but she started a new charity called Her Justice, and um, what that charity does is provides uh, family, divorce, and immigration legal law assistance to uh, low-income women. Uh, so uh, she just started that. So if you want to check that out, I'm going to put a link in the description uh, when this uh, video is over. Um, but if you want to get to it, uh, credit to Undead Walking, um, I think Sony Arena who is uh, amazing, by the way. Like, she's uh, everywhere, and she's kind of cool. It's got a little of the goth stripe. A lot of images of, of beautiful women in corsets and black makeup. That I'm, Nope, I'm not saying anything against that. There's a part of me that's into that. I am married. There's a part of me that's into that. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, it's it, just check it out. I mean, if this is something that you're... If you're interested in giving to women who are at a disadvantage, women who have cultural obstacles, women who have financial obstacles, um, you know, it helps women kind of... It, it levels the playing field. It gives them... It, it, it basically enables them to be able to take, um, you know, responsibility with all the tools that the United States has available to them. So 
um, why don't you check it out? It's called Her Justice again. And um, yeah, and again, I'll leave a link in the description somewhere in the episode notes uh, after the stream is done. Uh, think about checking that out. Uh, I also uh, retweeted it, I think, sometime either today or yesterday uh, in prep for this show. Um, but yeah. Uh, and hey, if you have any comments or questions, uh, put them in the chat. Yeah, okay. This is an interesting one. I, my notes are kind of all over, all over the place, but I'm kind of glad that this one came up. Um, so the headline reads, Zombie apocalypse is a bipartisan issue on TVs across the U.S. at least. Um, there's a research firm that does a lot of, uh, it, the research firm is called ePoll Market Research, and they wanted to see where um, they often do uh, cross... Um, analytic data so they kind of takes they kind of take like a poll of who you know where do you lean politically uh are you a democrat or a republican um and then they determine what makes a democrat and republican and then they take a whole list of other questions and data f you know just across different data sets like television viewing behaviors movies um you know did you like this did you like that how would you rank this movie against that movie etc 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 and so what they decided to do was um, they decided to uh, see where the Walking Dead fans lie on the political spectrum among like a whole bunch of other television shows. Um, and and after noticing like basically a stark pull on many different like let's say comedies versus dramas, um, they the one television show that actually was politically the most politically diverse amongst um, Republicans and Democrats rather than politically polar um, is The Walking Dead. And when you, when you like listen to Talking Dead and, and you go to the cons and you speak to people on Instagram and you interact with people like uh, in the fandom and stuff like that, you start to notice that you are interacting with a lot of people from all over the country, from California to the Midwest, to the South, to the Southwest, um, to the Northeast, um, which is where I'm from. Um, and they have a stark political diversity i mean you can it's not that you can tell like when you go to their accounts there you know I, I i there's this one dude that uh that's like i mean and it's strange because like I, I, there, okay there's this one dude who is kind of like liberal but he's also kind of like into meme culture and so sometimes he'll dip into like you know favoring certain right-wing opinions because it's just like you know when when truth is out there and it happens to be a right-wing source you know you i mean the truth is the truth so you know, you kind of go with that. And and he's kind of like, not all over the map, but he's kind of like, you know, he kind of goes back and forth, like in political leanings. Um, and I, I mean, I'm kind of like that, but I'm, I'm not really a political fanatic or anything like that. I'm, I'm kind of more of like a liberal, libertarian, center-left kind of person. Um, but then you start to notice that, like, you know, you, you have some Walking Dead fans that are Trump supporters, and you have some that are, you know, just farm variety conservatives and libertarians and, um, you know, crypto anarchists or uh, anarcho capitalists, uh, you know, and it, the, the political, and then like just unaffiliated, like, you know, I couldn't care what, what politics are, like as if that exists anymore, but it does, uh, at least in the Walking Dead universe. And, like some people just don't care about politics still, which kind of amazes me when you think about it, you know, how per pervasive it is. And, but um, yeah, I mean, like, for example, um, like the as far as the walking dead goes the only show other shows that come close to like some sort of political diversity is like this is us you know like intense drama that everybody can relate to um stranger things which is kind of like that nostalgia kind of uh vibe that people you know people from all walks of life can kind of get into um and um i mean these are the most politically diverse uh, television shows um, and these three shows are among the top five among Democrats and Republicans in the United States. Um, Fear of the Walking Dead lands in the top 20 of politically diverse um, shows that Republicans and Democrats uh, value equally. Um, weirdly enough, Game of Thrones, a definite global phenomena, is absent in this list uh, and is um, and as absent this politically diverse list and ranks highly among, oddly enough, Democrats, not Republicans. Um, so it just goes to show that it kind of makes sense that The Walking Dead is kind of like this global, most downloaded television show in 2018, uh, winner of the Global Television Awards, or whatever the fucking award is. Um, but yeah, I mean, what do you guys think about that? Um, chat, if you're there, do it. You won't regret it. I mean, you will, maybe. I don't know. I might say something completely inappropriate. Um, but yeah, uh, next up on the list is uh, Greg Nick, Nick and Norman. 
uh, Greg Nicotero and Norman Reedus are going to be on Talking Dead. The dynamic duo themselves. Um, if they bring burgers on the show from their restaurant, I will, I will I just, I'll be so hungry and I'll just probably eat something. Um, but it's kind of great to see Daryl on uh, the couch again, on the Talking Dead couch. It's, I feel like it's been forever. I mean, it's been forever because of the mid-season premiere. Uh, sorry, the mid-season break. Uh, but... I mean, just to have them both on the couch, too, and, like, I mean, they're both kind of really nice guys, and they're, you know, they open up and everything. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of... Oh, yeah, and just so you know, um, the order of the of the shows that are going to be airing that night are... You're going to have The Walking Dead, then you're going to have Ride with Norman Reedus, so... Oh, and The Walking Dead is actually going to be an hour and 15 minutes of airtime, so it's, it's going to be done by 10, 14 Eastern time, you know, if it starts at 9 o'clock. Um, then you have Ride with Norman Reedus, and then you're gonna have um, you're gonna have uh, Talking Dead. So you're, if you're on the East Coast, you're gonna be up until um, probably like eleven fifteen, eleven thirty. So get a little disco nap during the day. Um, you've got you've got to be kidding me. Um, surprise, surprise! The Walking Dead has been renewed for a tenth season. I mean, we kind of all knew that. You know, we knew that would happen. Uh, but it's officially confirmed. Uh, you had Angela Kang posting that little Whispers clip uh, sometime during the week this week. And we all kind of knew it. Walking Dead officially renewed for season 10. Uh, amazing. Just simply amazing. Um, and it, and I think what, what The Walking Dead is actually kind of doing uh, this, um, this go-around is that I've been seeing television ads uh just before during and then after the super bowl so they're going to be airing those all week across all different networks um i've been seeing instagram ads i've been seeing facebook ads for uh for the walking dead uh season nine b um so i mean they're doing it right i mean it's pervasive it's everywhere i've seen it to the point where um well first of all my wife is terrified or like not terrified but she's kind of grossed out by it by the beta uh sorry the alpha mask um uh, commercial uh it comes up often so it's one of those things it's kind of like those geico commercials um and every time it comes on i do like this little dance like whisper whisper and every time it annoys my wife so uh yeah i mean it's pervasive it's it's they're doing the right thing they're, they're uh, their media team is kind of odd okay like their their online strategy in terms of like advertisements great you go to their twitter account the the amc one mm, yeah you go to the amc one and even the skybound one and like there it's like the wendy's um one well let's start with the amc one okay the amc one has been making so many mistakes from hashtag Ikikiel, um to putting the wrong um uh group banners like on with the text that's underneath so like they'll say what do you think of hilltop and the banners like for alexandria or sorry what do you uh are you are you with the kingdom and then they'll put the hilltop banner you know so they and, and i don't know if it's like just like genius do you know what i mean like it, if they're like doing it on purpose and that hashtag ikikil was the funniest thing i still use hashtag ikikil uh in some like whenever there's a mistake or whenever there's like just something absolutely hilarious um but yeah i mean and then you go to the skybound the walking dead account so um the you know the comic book uh, run the walking dead account and they're like just random if you what you should do is go to their um twitter account and then go to where you see not only the the posts that they make but you see the replies it's hilarious they're responding to people they're retweeting people um and and oh and they just recently trolled um the game of thrones account a couple times uh we we mentioned it i think the last time so like a month ago but they also trolled like batman and superman um and i actually read this and i wasn't going to read this um online and i'm still not going to but like they said who do you choose if it's batman or superman and then the walking dead account just retweeted it and said martha because they both have um mother uh, superman clark kent and um batman uh bruce wayne they both have mothers named martha it's kind of like a little troll on the Batman v Superman movie, which kind of didn't do very well. Uh, so, I mean, and they do things like that. They're like, and they even like retweeted the Wendy's account for some reason. Uh, it's just hilarious. Like, so just do that. I mean, don't do it now. I mean, you could do it now. You could listen to the show and just do whatever you want. It's free country. I mean, unless you're listening from China, in which case, thanks. Uh, <laughs> 
So uh, yeah, so yeah, AMC. The, so regarding this uh, season ten reveal of uh, the Walking Dead, the AMC CEO emphasizes emphasizes that TWD will be a franchise, um, which he doesn't throw around lightly. I mean, it's going to be the movies. There are going to be other spinoff series. I'm sure they're going to be doing like a web series of some kind, and I don't know. Maybe they'll try their hand at another game. Um, so in other news, uh, Robert Kirkman, comic book creator, um, he's been doing a lot of things. Uh, he has another comic called, uh, Invincible and, um, he's putting together the, he's put together the voice cast for the animated series that they're rolling out on Amazon Prime, um, in 2020. And among them is Steven Yeun, uh, who plays Glenn Ree. He's actually going to be voicing the voice of the protagonist and it, J.K. Simmons is going to be playing the protagonist's father uh, in the animated series. J.K. Simmons, if you don't remember, played uh, J. Jonas Jameson in the uh, in the, the original Spider-Man movie um, with I was going to say like Toby Keith, um, Toby McGuire. Like that would be interesting. Would you? I would pay to see Toby Keith play Spider-Man. Well, like for five minutes. I mean, I don't know how to manage money. So, but but essentially that would be hilarious. Um, but yeah, but Tommy, Toby McGuire, um, so he played the, uh, J. Jonah Jameson, the, uh, the, uh, I was gonna say Daily Planet, the Daily Bugle, um, uh, editor. So, um, so he's gonna be playing the father of Stephen Young, Young in, um, the animated series for Invincible, uh, along with, like, Gillian Jacobs, uh, from Community, uh, if you remember her, that was, she played Britta on the uh, television show. So there's like a whole host of really funny, oh, Jason Matsukas, who's like, who's like on um, Big Mouth right now, that another animated series, he was on The League. He's hilarious. He's actually on The Good Place too, if you've ever seen it. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean like, I think it's gonna be a pretty great stellar cast. It's, it's more geared towards adults. It's not really like a kid's um, animated series. I mean, otherwise they'd call it a cartoon. So, um, actually, I don't know, what do they call a cartoon these days, anyway? I mean, everything is, like, the animated series. Um, so, which kind of, like, oh, that's validating, sure. And speaking of validating, holy crap, if you missed this, um, I wouldn't blame you. because uh, it was kind of buried in mostly the Twitter zeitgeist, but, uh, the SAG Awards, when they did their, um, their in-memoriam tribute for all the actors that passed away for the year. Um, they got to a clip of Steve Wilson, Stephen Wilson, and, uh, or Scott, sorry. They got to a clip of Scott Wilson, and um, the clip is actually from The Walking Dead. And I had two comments on that, and I, I actually mentioned this on Twitter, is like, the fact that they chose to honor Scott Wilson with a clip from The Walking Dead does two things. Uh, number one, it validates the, I mean, number one, it validates Scott Wilson's acting prowess. I mean, he's a terrific actor, uh, being in television and movies for the last, like, I want to say 50, about 50, maybe almost 60 years. Um, the, uh, it shows that he was a terrific actor all the way until the very end. Um, but, and second of all, it validates The Walking Dead as a television series too. If you're going to really, if you're really going to show, um, a clip of, uh, if you're, if you're going to choose a clip, you're going to choose it strategically because you're, you're going to choose the clip that people know you the most from. And so, and so like choosing The Walking Dead as its quintessential role that, that's the most recognizable, that's the most popular, the one that's going to pop. Um, yeah, I mean, it's very validating. I mean, it really validates The Walking Dead. You know, for all the people that had comments about, uh, you know, not watching the show anymore or, you know, you know, making fun of us. I mean, I mean, uh, we are Squawking Dead. I mean, come on. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just, it's really, really validating. I'm, when I was watching it, it was kind of like, well, of course it's, it's a scene from The Walking Dead. It's, it's, it's when they're in the prison and talking about, um, you know, basically making a life and moving forward here, etc. I mean, it's just, it's terrific. And it kind of says a lot, like the scene itself says a lot about, you know, who we are and, you know, as, as watchers too, you know, and, and how hopefully we are in real life. Um, so if you did miss it, uh, I'm sure if you do, if you scroll down on our Twitter feed, that's uh, squawking underscore dead. Um, I'm sure you'll find it buried uh, in giveaway alerts for that week. Um, I think it was I think I did tweet it out um, two weeks ago, or yeah, I think it was two weeks ago by now. So um, yeah, this is pretty big news. This is news that affected squawking dead recently. You can see my nostrils flare. I have to actually say that for the audio version of the podcast. <sighs> Overkill's The Walking Dead uh, developer, 
says they knew it was going to tank. Well, no shit. As soon as I read this, you're going to see. Um, so after pulling back their console releases in the pre-order stage, um, Squawking Dead had to pull back their week six prize uh, because all of a sudden the pre-orders are gone. So all that we were able to give away were Steam gifts, basically, of the game, uh, P- any PC version of the game. And, you know, believe it or not, not everybody plays games on their PC. I mean, what the hell? Um, so, uh, it, it, just being serious for a minute, I had not, I, I had not, for weeks, I had not panicked about these giveaways, okay? I had things under control, I still felt the pressure, but it's the normal kind of pressure. You know, the kind of kind I actually feel during the day during my normal job. And I actually work my normal job till very late hours. Um, so you can imagine how much time I have to work on Squawking Dead stuff, and, um, and I work with just as much vigor, okay? So when Overkill, or sorry, Starbreeze even, um, pulled uh, the pre-orders, I literally had to take the night off, do the research, try to figure out what I could give away that week, preferably a video game. I would have done anything to kind of get back on track. I just felt really, really bad for the people that entered. Um, I had sent out newsletters, I had sent out an emergency newsletter, I sent out social media campaigns saying I had to tell people um, until further notice, until I figure this out, I have to stop everything, rewind, and then, um, like literally stop it. I don't have a solution. I'm sorry. And um, yeah, it was just nerving. And uh, it took me almost like to like three or four hours before I had to get up the next day to figure out what I was going to do. I scheduled those social media posts. I scheduled those mailers. Um, when I finally figured, uh, no, I, I didn't even fi- figure it out that night. I had to actually stop like at two, three in the morning and say, um, you know, I had to literally put po- post that message and say, I got to go to sleep. I mean, I said that to myself, but. Um, the next day I did the research at night, I stayed up pretty late and then I finally posted what the, what the prize would be for that week. Um, and so when I finally did that, uh, there was like, I think that was that Wednesday or Thursday, even Thursday night. I think, I'm not sure exactly. I mean, the days kind of all mold together when this, something like this happens, um, where you're, you're constantly trying to think of even during the day while you're supposed to be working, like, what am I going to do? Um, you know, like 80 people signed up for this thing, um, so far. And, uh, yeah, it was just nerve wracking. And, and then, and then, and then, uh, on top of creating the images, the image on top of that, I had to create the video advert for uh, Friday night. And then I was having problems with the, the, that process. Like it took like three hours for Facebook to approve the ad so that it posted on Instagram. Then there goes the money. But, um, but yeah, I think, yeah. And thank you. I in the dark too. Yeah. It, uh, it did get straightened out. I think there was enough time for people to cop on. I sent out a little message to everybody saying, if you want me to, particularly the people that entered between that little slot where I said, Hey, I got to stop the, uh, I've got to stop doing this. And, um, before I figured out the price, it was like three or four people who, who had started putting entries in between then and now. And then I like, I, I messaged them. I said, if you do want, if you want me to, to remove your entries because of this prize change, let me know. Uh, and then I emailed everybody else and saying, um, you know, I'll, I, you know, if anybody wants to, uh, rem- want me to remove their entries, let me know. I'll take it out. I mean, if this is not something that you want, blah, blah, blah. But everybody was really happy with it because lo and behold, back to the article. Um, so instead of selling uh, like several million copies of Overkill's The Walking Dead, they only sold a couple. This sounds like a lot to me, but apparently this is not a lot in, in the gaming world. They only sold a few hundred thousand. Um, and Starbreeze developer claims that it was like this, it was this flawed, polished turd, you know, and, and a polished turd can't be, you know, you, you can't fix that. Like you can polish a turd, but you can't fix it. Um, I mean, this is a quote. He called it a polished turd. Um, it was originally built on this like in-house platform called Valhalla, which is like an unusable platform. It was like merely, it, it really, all it did was basically graphics rendering. And they basically had to redevelop the game from scratch. Like they started this project, I think, in 2014, um, and then they had to redo the game from scratch in 2016. Um, you'll notice that um, they're in the middle of, I think, their second season, basically. And um, yeah, a polished turd. And uh, they're they're in the middle of their second season, um, and it's like in development hell. Um, so they, they redeveloped it on Unreal Engine, which like I think a lot of games are actually uh, based on. 
Um, and then not only that, not only the development issues, like across like the span of I think like I think it was 2011 or 2012, um, uh, the original Overkill got acquired by Starbreeze. The two original um, founders of, of Overkill like eventually stepped away. The first guy like cashed out like a year later, and then the second guy cashed out like recently, um, like within the last year. And then, like, the majority of their fund of uh, Starbreeze's funds were, like, put in VR. So, basically, what they ended up doing was they, they put this game in, like, development hell. There's not enough people to, to work on it. People have been reporting, like, just glitches. The story sucks. I mean, I mean the, th- the story in theory is, is cool, but, like, when it comes to execution... You know, it's like when you hear about what a, what a, what a show sounds like. But when you actually watch it, it's just garbage. It's like bad acting or bad dialogue. But the story, in theory, is good. I mean, that's that's what it is. I mean, Overkill's The Walking Dead ended, ended up being like more hype than it was um, substance. So when and I, you know, I think people were telling me that um, at Walker Stalker because they did have this. They had this like big trailer bus thing in the convention hall, not in the convention hall, like in the um, the big uh, merchandise area and stuff like that. You know, where you get to meet the stars too of the television shows and um you know they had this like like this big trailer bus thing and, and they had like video game screens playing demos and 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 here's the odd thing to play the game i think you had to like go into this like tent so they didn't show you playing the game or show the person playing the game they would go in play the game and they would walk out but you wouldn't see what they were playing they just showed demo reels on the outside I wonder, so that's like the thing, like, that should have been the first warning, but, you know, I'm at Walker Stalker, it's like I, my first one, I like bigger fish to fry in my brain, you know, like, interviewing Tom Payne, and obviously you could tell that kind of went awry, um, if you can't, there's like a hidden video, if you, if you like scroll the list of live videos in the live video playlist, you'll get to it, because I have that buried in an unlisted video, so... Um, but yeah, we all got screwed. Mostly, mostly me. Mostly me. Um, so, but yeah, thank you. I did get through it, like you guys said. And, uh, we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. Um, so here's the interesting thing. Lauren Cohan reveals, um, early talks for, uh, a Maggie spinoff series. Um, and this is actually confirmed, uh, it's confirmed that, uh, Angela King and Maggie, uh, Maggie and Lauren Cohan are in talks, so... Um, uh, Angela Kane was in a one interview talking about, Hey, we did speak to, to Lauren Cohan. Lauren Cohan is in another interview. Like I, I read two different articles, which confirmed that this, this was basically happening. Um, and this is even from Fox news. Uh, uh basically she says that, uh, you know, there, there may have been some conversations, but everything is so early days ambigu- ambiguous. We're going to have to see what happens. And I mean, this is basically on top of an enthusiastic Angela Kang, who was in another interview mentioning this. Um, I read a third article basically saying how the reason why she said it this way, like it's in the very early stages, you know, we'll have to see, is because, you know, uh, Lauren Cohan is in a new show called Whiskey Cavalier, um, who, uh, which also, by the way, Noah is in, uh, the character Noah. Uh, and they're just basically trying to feel out how that's going and um, what they're doing and how they're going to, how it's going to shape out. Um, ABC is actually putting a lot of money and capital into, you know, into this, uh, series. So, um, if it takes off, it can still work the spinoff series because, uh, I think they're planning on actually airing it on the off seasons. Basically what's going on right now is that, um, you have season nine B that's going to air immediately after nine B is fear of the walking dead. And then you have this space. Um, now it's possible that this space between Fear of the Walking Dead, uh, Fear of the Walking Dead's mid-season break and then mid-season return. Um, if you got April, blah 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 blah. Okay, I think. I mean, there's not enough time to actually develop a spinoff series by the time uh, The Walking Dead airs, because The Walking Dead is going to be airing. Among the news about them coming back on season ten is that they're going to be airing in October, which means the end of Fear of the Walking Dead is going to signal. Um, doing the math okay yeah there's going to be a little bit of a break between fear of the walking dead and the walking dead but i think the mid-season break of season 10 of the walking dead is where they could potentially air that maggie spinoff so if the stars align just right maggie's in whiskey cavalier that she films that she goes straight onto the walking dead set 
and magic happens. Magic. I see magic everywhere. I see magic. There's magic here. There's magic there. Um, so that could work. I guess we'll see. Um, I have some interesting drama news. Uh, there's a lawsuit. There's been a lawsuit for the last two years, I think it is. Now, what's for those of you who love Fear the Walking Dead, unfortunately, um, there's a there's a comic comic writer called Mel Smith who basically sued uh, AMC's Fear the Walking Dead in July for copyright infringement, um, and they basically they basically sued Fear the Walking Dead, and in particular, they they sued also uh, Mel also sued Mel, Mel Smith also sued David Alpert, who's a producer on you know The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, but he also manages uh uh what is who does he manage? <laughs> like jumping around uh, either way so yeah he's basically suing them for season two of fear the walking dead because of the premise of the the main group trying to flee from zombies by going to, uh, on a boat in the pacific now the reason why this i know it sounds ridiculous okay but hold up <laughs> um the reason why this sounds ridiculous uh is exactly how it sounds like oh wait you're suing them based on the fact that it's a they flee zombies on a boat yeah essentially but Here's the twist. David Alpert, Mel Smith's agent, you know, he's also the business partner of Robert Kirkman, who was also the comic creator for The Walking Dead, along with being creative input for The Walking Dead television show. And he's a producer on The Walking Dead and executive producer of Fear the Walking Dead. So where things get kind of shady is through David Alpert. Like, so on top of the creative input, on top of managing Mel Smith, He's managing Robert Kirkman. He's executive producer of Fear the Walking Dead to kind of simplify things. So the additional problem that you have with that is that part of being a producer or executive producer is money. Okay. Now there's a weird thing where if you, when you are getting money from a creative, when you, when you're taking money and then funding and using that money to fund another creative venture, there is a fiduciary responsibility to kind of separate that. So you have to basically try to prove that you're not using funds from, you know, let's say Mel Smith uh, to fund Fear the Walking Dead. So David Alpert is kind of on the ropes over here and over here uh, on the left and the right for the audio listens and the listeners because there's a financial aspect to this lawsuit. Um, and there is also a creative aspect to this lawsuit where uh, Mel Smith is basically claiming that, you know, you stole this idea from my comic book. So... What happened um, recently was uh, AMC tried to actually get the, uh, try to dismiss, uh, let me see what the exact words were. Uh, they basically tried to dismiss, uh, oh, I didn't even write it down. They tried to basically throw it out, you know, just outright uh, before uh, arguments. I mean, they tried to actually dismiss the case. Um, but the problem is that they tried to dismiss the case on the grounds of, uh, I think it was, let me see what it was. It was... Like, oh, the general principle. So they tried to actually throw it out basically based on general principle. So, but the fact that they use that general principle in court means that the judge said basically, uh, you know, it's kind of early to tell whether it's general or not because your, your dude right here, David Alpert, uh, is involved with both clients. So we kind of now have to hear, we actually have to hear, hear arguments to kind of determine whether or not it's general. You can't just say it's general and then have the case thrown out. Um, so it's going to be a tough road for Fear of the Walking Dead, you know, for, I mean, they're going to be doing things. It's not going to affect them in any way, but it's just going to kind of kick the teeth of like some of the, pe the some of the money people uh, along the way. So, I mean, I don't know what this is going to affect this is going to have because Mel is actually suing both, uh, AMC's Fear of the Walking Dead and David Alpert in, uh, in the, they're like co-defendants basically. So we got to, I'll, if there's any news, I'll keep you guys updated. Um, Interesting thing. Uh, so I, I have to give you a disclaimer on this one. Uh, this is news in 2019. Okay. The state of news in 2019. The news is based on a single emoji. It's the thinking emoji. Okay. Now, Tom Payne wants, this is the, this is the headline. Looks like Walking Dead's Tom Payne wants in on the sketch, the, the suicide squad. Um, so basically James Gunn is actually relaunching the suicide squad. And um, all that Tom Payne did was, in response to that article, he retweeted uh, the thinking emoji, uh, and they based a whole entire article based on that one thing. Now, granted, cool, but really? <laughs> like, a whole article on it? Like, 
three paragraphs. Actually, no, this was like a like you had to page down like three times to actually read the the whole article. And I just thought it was just amazing that literally, and, and you didn't see it until like, oh, they get like, you get to the third page, maybe two and a half, three, third part of the page. And like, you finally see what the source of this article completely is that this guy's basing it off of. And it's just like a single emoji. And I'm like, really? But I mean, Tom Payne is looking for work and I think he's a really good actor. If you, if you missed that uh, spot that he did for Crack and Rum, I mean, it shows a little bit of range, you know, being Jesus, being this dramatic sexy pirate um yeah literally that emoji um and uh so i mean he would be pretty cool for suicide squad i mean i'm sure he's gonna have to shave so um yeah uh what do you guys think about that like tom Payne and in it well by the way it's a relaunched suicide squad by the way that based on james gunn's uh james gunn is actually gonna be uh on the helm for that he's gonna be doing creative he's you know he's doing he's running the show so, um, and did you watch the original Suicide Squad movie? Um, I didn't. I'm actually really curious to see what you guys think. Uh, in the meantime, oh, pff, I don't even know why I'm reading this. <laughs> but The Walking Dead Season 9 spoilers. Um, Judith Grimes' future revealed. Again, this is like a news in 2019 article, okay? They took, a, they took some quotes from Eleanor Metzera. Uh, who was asked whether Judith could be a future leader on the show. Um, she basically says, this is my personal preference. So she doesn't like say outright. Uh, but she says, this is what I want. This is what I think should happen. And she goes, Judith could e easily be a leader further down the line. Um, she's already showing more leadership skills than a lot of the adults. Uh, she's amazing. And so she goes on to kind of praise uh, um, Little Miss Fleming. Um, you know, for her acumen, her acting capabilities. Like, she's so, she's like not only a good leader as a character, but she's kind of really a good leader as a an actor. Um, and she's just kind of over the moon for her. I mean, I, I read another article too, by the way, where uh, Eleanor Matsura was kind of like all about the Nadia Hilker and her being still in a relationship. Like, the relationship aspect of Magna and Yumiko. Uh, in the comics, it it's, should be present on screen. Like, there's no discrepancy there. But, you know, I guess maybe it has to be said because um, in the comic book, Kelly and Connie are actually, like, husband and wife. So, you know, maybe people were a little confused whether or not they were going to go into the Yumiko-Magna um, relationship, but they did. So, all right. Exactly. So, uh, I mean, that's really it for me. Now, I kind of wanted to throw it to you guys because, the, I mean, the whole reason why we're here is because we need, like, a little bit of, like, excitement before the, um, the mid-season premiere. And I was wondering, like, since I have, like, the two of you, you guys can be my little co-hosts, my little, my virtual co-hosts. I mean, you're little, like, your icons are little on my screen. Um, but I'm just thinking, like, is there anything you guys, are there any questions that you have that you want me to address to actually, like, kind of break down what my thoughts are? Like, I mean, I, I kind of want to ask, um, whether or not, there is so many, so many questions that I have personally. Okay, so, like, there are some things, like, a lot of people were saying, like, oh, I, I, I want Magna to be with, um, Daryl, and I'm like, well, it's gonna be a little difficult because Magna is kind of, Magna and Yumiko are a thing. Um, and we did, uh, I did actually bring up, and I'll bring this up again, even though I mentioned it, and it is a question on the trivia this week, so if you're stuck, um, with this question, here is the answer. Um, we basically break down what our predictions are gonna, are gonna be about, um, who's gonna be, whose heads are gonna be on pikes by the end of the season. Um, and, um, we, we predict that it's going to be the following people. It's gonna be, uh, Tara, Luke, Alden. We got Jerry Ezekiel. You've got the two Hilltop kids. And I think we did and Henry. Oh, no. <laughs> I am I am like losing it. I, we could do this again, though. <laughs> Hold on. Okay, we got the two Hilltop kids. We got Henry. We got Jerry. Uh, we got Tara. We got Alden and Luke. Oh, man. I can't think. It's all there on black and white <laughs> in either 40 or 39. Um, I know, I think it's episode 40, we, we go into it and actually kind of spell it out. Um, and the clip is actually in the entry, <laughs> so if you're ever lost, you can actually click on the clip on YouTube. It pops up, we kind of talk about it, and then we, we end up going through the whole thing. Um, what are you guys most looking forward to in this season? Like, if you had to pick one thing, um, what do you think? Yeah, so that's a really good question. So, okay, Alpha in this S10 um, trailer, yeah, that for the, for the season 10, like confirming season 10, that was pretty creepy, um, I have to admit. 
just the whole whispering part and just travels up your spine. Um, yeah. So Michelle, regarding the whisperer's outcome, <laughs> I just, by the way, I kicked you guys off of Instagram. I'm sorry. I, I didn't even know how long it was going on. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, as far as, uh, okay. So the whispers is not going to be resolved by the end of this season. Just so you guys know, uh, the whispers is going to go completely is going to keep going, uh, into season 10 for sure. For sure. Um, now there is going to be a little bit of backstory. So one thing to remember what, okay. Do you remember season eight when they were talking about Negan uh, and like, Oh, I really want Negan's backstory. Oh, I really, really want Negan's backstory. But the problem with The Walking Dead is that they'll touch on, like, backstory. Some Sometimes they'll touch on backstory. But you're never going to really know exactly who these people were pre-apocalypse. Like, they'll do that to an extent, but not, not further. Because the whole point of The Walking Dead is that... And this shows, like, time and time again. The Walking Dead is all about who you are now. You know, like, it, it doesn't matter what you were, but what you are now. And, um... And, uh... So, I mean, whatever backstory you're going to hope for in terms of Alpha, Beta, Lydia... You're gonna get maybe flashbacks to like recent history, like how they have to t toughen up. I mean, and even that's gonna be kind of sketchy. And I think, um, actually, uh, Angela King had mentioned that we are going to see, I think, um, a Whisperer's backstory, uh, not in episode nine, but maybe episode ten. So, uh, so yeah, it's gonna be that quick. But here's the thing, um, just to kind of keep your head on straight, this ain't over. I mean, we uh, we're predicting this, and we're it's it's can't be that this is not going to happen. Season nine is going to end with heads on pikes, which means that this is a story that is not over yet. I mean, it would be kind of like a shame where it, it's like almost the equivalent of, um, you know. Is this going to be like uh, the Terminus situation where, okay, we spend all season get getting to Terminus and then all of a sudden, you know, it's done in two episodes or it's done even like in the last eight. I don't think it's going to be that, that easy. And you got to like, you have, you have to establish enough episodes to kind of make it seem like these guys are formidable because they are formidable. So, you know, yeah. Uh, and okay. So you're saying, um... So I in the dark too. You're saying Alpha, right? Like Alpha's backstory. I don't. Yeah, I just I don't see. Fear of the Walking Dead goes into backstory. Okay, I mean Fear of the Walking Dead is kind of premised on on it predicated on backstory. Like it, they give you more than enough than than what the Walking Dead does. It's just the the nature of the two shows. The Walking Dead rarely goes into backstory. So um, you know, yeah. So so Nissa um, specifically. Your okay, yeah, good. So, Nissa, specifically to your question about Alpha keeping her head in the comics longer, that's definitely going to happen. Now, the question you should be asking, because this is very interesting, the question is: Is Beta going to keep his not his head, but is is Beta going to be alive longer in the show than in the comics? Because Beta is kind of over. This is what Carol told me, but she said Beta is kind of relatively over midway into. Um, like the beginning of the whispers and the end of the whispers, but it seems kind of sudden. Like if they keep Beta around for a little longer, so Ryan Hurst, that would be interesting to me. Like holding on to, to Beta until like nearly the end or maybe the end of the season. The question really is, is Beta going to be alive until the end of this season? Or um, will he die somewhere between um, episode 16 and 15 or like 14? You know, so that's the real question. Alpha is definitely going to be around for season 10. So this is going to be very interesting. It's going to be formidable. She's going to be a tough one to kill. And then also you gonna you kind of have to um, consider the fact that, yeah, it, you just answered my question Eye in the dark too. Uh, Negan and Alpha. In the comic, there is some sort of weird... Okay, one thing to remember, Negan in the comic and Negan in the, on the show, they're almost practically two different people. Um, but yeah, there in the comic, at least there's some flirtation. There's like, you know, Negan's all like Negan. And Alpha's just kind of like standoffish, but recognizes his strength too. So, so they, they're kind of like an interesting mix. I think there's going to be some. I think there is going to be some kind of repertoire. I just don't know how it's going to express itself in the show because Negan on the show, there even though he's still Negan-ish, he's not as Negan as in the comics. There's still kind of that like little repertoire between him and Gabriel. There's he shows signs of emotions and stuff like that. Like even though I mean you see the dialogue with between him and Judith and everything. So 
you do notice the fact that um, that there is a significant amount of humanity uh, humanity that he has. So it, if he flips back and forth between that Negan and like comic book Negan, it's I think it's going to be too jarring. So that that is a really good question. Like there the emotional quotient. Are, so are they going to change Alpha to be a little less? Like, not wooden, but a little less, like, brutal as in the comics. Like, is there going to be some sort of emotional vein that goes through that character um, that's going to make her more believable and it's going to leave enough emotional room for for this the, the AMC television show expression to kind of weave in? So that's going to be really, really interesting to me. So those two questions, Negan, and, you know, the, the other question is, is that going to happen within the first, within the final eight episodes too? So these are good questions. So there's the beta question and there's the Negan Alpha question, you know, and these are good questions. Like, we're going to have them as characters, as villains all the way. I would even say, like, I'd be surprised if they managed to stick around um, until mid-season 10, but it could be. But I would be really shocked if if they they ended the Whisperers arc at the end of season ten because that would be like all out war traumatizing all over again. Like, do you really want to see like a season and a half? Uh, I mean, all out war is longer, but do you really want to see like almost two seasons of just just this torture porn? No. <laughs> um, you guys have really really good questions. Okay. Um, yeah. So do you think Daryl will go undercover? Well, okay. There's two, there's a little bit of evidence that we've seen so far is that, okay, you see the fight between Daryl and Beta. Now this could be way later on and who knows what the end of that fight is, right? Um, you've got also his interactions with Lydia too. I don't think there's going to be an undercover to be had because he does meet Alpha at the gates. So I don't really know how that's going to shake loose. Um, yeah, and so and the other question is going to be like, does Daryl have some sort of intimacy with with Alpha? It, I mean, I don't think so. Um, partially, mostly because of the comic books. Um, and I see Mrs. Reaction also is like, she says basically, I hope not. I hope she's interested in Negan, so they may become an item. No feelings involved, just something he, he she sees some of her in him or likes his strength. And yeah, and I agree with that. I think there's going to be something there. But yeah, I mean, just like I said before, just the way it expresses itself is gonna. Ha- is, I think that's gonna be difficult to sell. I think they can. They'll do it. I believe in them. But we have expectations because of the comic book, and I think it's a good idea to drop some of those expectations at the door because yeah, you're gonna see a lot of that. But I think, I really do think it's gonna be a difficult sell. Um, but yeah, uh, but Daryl is a Daryl's a wild card. Okay, because a lot of the things that we were thinking that would happen between okay Carl and this weird love triangle between, let's say, Carl and Lydia, and then also, apparently, and I found this out on episode 40, that Sophia was still alive. So there's, like, this three, this, like, love triangle between those three. Um, you replace Sophia with Addie, who Henry and, um, Addie had this kind of little chemistry, and then possibly Lydia and Henry, right? Yeah, and that's the thing, we still predict Henry's head is gonna be on a pike. (laughs) Like, even though there's going to be some role mixing. So Henry may take some of those roles from Carl, but so will Daryl, I think, too, right? So now keep in mind, this is the poll I want to actually uh, create. What is your opinion of Henry? And are you sad about him uh, possibly having his head on a pike? We're predicting it, but yeah, we could be wrong. But what do you guys think about that? I'll wait. I think, so Michelle, I saw, you said you saw a picture of Daryl with an arrow with him and his dog. Um, I think you saw um, Lib's art, by the way. Uh, Lib had a a really, really cool picture. Um, uh, so it's like Lib underscore underscore on Instagram. That's just art. Um, it's something she conceptualized. I hope it's, this is what I'm referring to because, uh, the only other arrow in him, I think was like season one. <laughs> I think so. I don't remember. Uh, but did you see this in like a, a video or, or like a still image? Um, <laughs> so look, we have a sp- split audience on Henry, by the way. Um, so we've got Nissa saying, I mean, Henry's okay, but I kind of want him to die. <laughs> hey, he's all right, but he can go. Um, we've got Eye in the Dark 2, who I'm with on this one, is that, oh my god, I don't want, oh my word, I'll quote you exactly, uh, I don't want Henry to die, in caps. Um, Walani says, um, don't want Henry's head on a pike, but wouldn't be a major upset if that happened. That's kind of, that's probably closer to where I am. I'll be okay. Now, one of our predictions is Jerry, by the way. We're predicting that Jerry's head's gonna be on a pike. Now, I kind of want to poll you guys to find out what you think about that as well. 
because I think I think almost everybody loves Jerry. Now, how will you feel if we're right about that? You know, if Jerry's head is on a pike. <laughs> yeah, I I know uh, Ezekiel Ikikiel is going to be on a pike, <laughs> but I just love that you used Ikikiel. <laughs> Because I keep using it too. I, I, I use it with the hashtag because if you use the hashtag, it has power and it stays alive. Yeah, I, I see the reactions now about Jerry. Yeah, and Jerry would hit me hard too. You know what? I, I would, I'm not saying I would be okay with it, but like I'm already kind of just developing the iron stomach to take it because it's just kind of like, do you remember that? Do you remember that scene where, um, uh, where Jerry saved Ezekiel? Um, right near the factory where Melissa McBride was in, and he splits the dude in two. That scene was everything you needed to know. Like, if you didn't already love Jerry, the fact that he stepped the F up and saved Ezekiel's life that in that one scene just solidifies your love for him, right? So just to see him go out like that is just heartbreaking. I mean, at least, okay, this is going to sound really bad, but like at least he's going out with Ezekiel, you know? So... Like the knight, you know, the, the captain goes down with his ship. His ship is Jerry? I, I don't know. But either way, they're going down together this time. Like, instead of surviving together from that one incident, they're they're going down together. So, yeah, it sucks. Like, it, we're getting to progressively suckier things. Um, like, the one thing I actually do want to ask is that, do you guys see a world in which... Um, I'll ask these two people. Like, do you see a world in which Daryl might die or Carol might die? Because one thing to note is that Carol dies in the comic way earlier and she's a completely different person um and daryl doesn't exist in the comics but i'm actually wondering what you guys think about that like on the one hand there's the emotional aspect like i don't want him to die i don't want her to die these are like the most like love beloved characters in the in the comic in the sorry in the show but then there's also like does it make sense to kill daryl does it make sense to kill um carol right is there a world in which it makes sense right and that Daryl, not really. I think actually it doesn't make sense to get rid of him. I think there were some points at which we thought he might go. But Carol, that's an iffy one. Because if it's not Ezekiel's head on the pike, which is practically impossible, but maybe, what if Carol ends up on the pike? I don't want it to happen. I'm just saying, what if, right? I, I know. <laughs> um... Yeah, so we're expecting Jerry. Uh, yeah, exactly. Ezekiel's face in the comics, so we're all prepared. Yeah. Um, I think I'm finally getting reactions to Dale or Daryl or Carol, and I in the Dark 2 is not happy with my proposal. <laughs> I like, Nissa, I like your answer. Carol, maybe, but I hope not, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, these are, I mean, honestly, out of every character, like, let's put Rick aside, let's put, um, like, even Negan aside, well, not even, whatever. But, like, out of all of them, like, Carol and Daryl, I mean, I'm not a huge Daryl booster, okay? Like, I see the value in him as a character. Like, it's an odd thing, but I do see him, the value. Because you can, you can, like, channel any, any excess in the show and just channel it through Daryl and make that happen. You know, like, you can, he's like the loose ends kind of fixer, you know? And then also, like, it looks like he's getting more, like, uh, you know... He's, he's taking more charge, he's, he's finding his way, he's, he's coming into his own, right? Carol, though, it, it's kind of the same thing. Like, she's kind of like a blank slate, you know, considering the fact that, you know, she's not in the comic. So every bit of her that makes you love her is basically the show, it, the, the creative work that's gone on in the show. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, and that's the thing. Like, a lot of people predict, predicting that Ezekiel dies. Well, Sophia dies you know, at the farm, and she's supposed to live on until even now, so it kind of, it's kind of interesting, right? It's kind of think. Um, but you know what I'll do? I, I think, guys, I think maybe we'll leave it there, because, look, we can talk all night, you and me, right? But, uh, I, you know, I'm gonna try to keep this a little shorter. Um, you know, you can, I'll, the audio version of this podcast is gonna be a lot more concise, it's gonna be under an hour, there's gonna be a lot of edits, um, and you'll actually have that first 15, 20 minutes if you were on YouTube or, or Facebook. Uh, on top of that, um, yeah, I'll include the links to some of the charities. To, I'll include the links to the articles that are discussed too. Um, and, um, look, I, we've got plenty more content this week to kind of go through. I'm going to create the video for the, uh, the giveaway for Friday. Um, is that tomorrow? Is that tomorrow? It is tomorrow. Isn't it? I don't know what day it is. Um, 
Uh, we got the video for Friday, that the ad for Friday that's going to be for this week's giveaway. We've got the giveaway itself. It's That's going to end Saturday night um, at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. So, Michelle, for you, that's going to end at 8 p.m. Eastern, just so you know. Um, oh, sorry, 8 p.m., not Eastern. Uh, so, and just to remind you, the prize this week is the ability to get two shout-outs from two, sorry, a shout-out from two cast members. So if you're interested, head to squawkingdead.com, fill out your entries, you've got all these different choices, trivia and rating. I mean, I'd appreciate a rating of the podcast. It actually really, really helps us uh, gain some sort of visibility and traction. Like, if you look for Squawking Dead on any podcast medium, like, the odds are, like, 50-50. It shows us, like, as the top spot, because the other Squawking Dead reference is, like, this gerbil hamstery looking thing, which I don't even know. Okay, I tried playing it, and then I just said, no, thank you. Um, But, uh, guys, it's been really great. So, uh, I think I'm going to leave it there, and... uh... God, we have Sunday night. Like, if you haven't been spoiled too much, get excited. Light some candles. You know, burn some incense. Talk to talk to your ex-boyfriend or girlfriend and uh, and uh, yell sweet nothings and yell sweet nothings into their ear. <laughs> I don't know what am I talking about. Um, just take it easy, everybody, and um, it's game time soon. So with that, I'm gonna call it a night. See you later, guys. Peace. Walking Dead. Sunday night after, uh, and then Talking Dead after Ride with Norman Reedus. <sighs> what a day.